Hey guys, and welcome to the first episode of Geeks of the Machine, Doctor Who edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we have Ellie. Hello, Ellie. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> so, um, I found Doctor Who through Torchwood, which most Whovians are not a fan of you saying. Like, <laughs> how dare you find him through a sideshow? But I started watching Torchwood and uh, Doctor Who showed up on it or they mentioned the Doctor. And I was like, eh, this show was good. I might as well watch this other show. And then I was like, cool, this was good too. <laughs> um, but how did you find Doctor Who, Adelaide? Oh, I've got a, such a long, weird history with Doctor Who. Uh, my friend in high school was like super into it. And so we watched, like, she was really into the classic Who too. So we watched... Um, she showed me like one episode of the really old classic ones and I was like not really into that. And then I watched uh, The Empty Child and I think that was where it kind of really struck a chord where I was like, this is good. I need to watch more of this. And then I probably forgot about it until college when another friend of mine showed me uh, Don't Blink. And then I was hooked. <laughs> well, we're going to just do a quick run through of season one, the 2004 season. We're not going back to 86. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> so let's talk about who the doctor is for those who don't know. And of course, he's just a time lord who travels through time and space. You know, um, the show was canceled in the 80s, came back in 2000s. And most people didn't expect the show to do well as a reboot. I think this was really the beginning of the reboot era. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ellie. No, that sounds about right. I think it really it really boomed after that. And it really took off. Um, uh, I think that people resonated with the character, both old and young, because initially, the first season, when you watch it back, it looks so low budget compared to the seasons afterwards. But I think that's understandable. Um... And cancellation happened. Blah, 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 blah. So then, of course, we have the people who could have been the doctor. And the first person who could have been the doctor was Hugh Grant. And I honestly can't imagine Hugh Grant being the doctor. Like, especially in this season. Like, with this whole storyline. Can you, Adelaide? I cannot. I don't remember a lot of what he's been in, but just I know he was like, in Bridget Jones' Diary. He was oh, in. See that already <laughs> labels him out in my book. <laughs> he was in quite a few things. Um, Nottingham, Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral. He did a lot of movies in the like nineties, but. Again, I don't think I I don't think of him as a doctor per se. No, I agree. Doesn't really There's a certain it, level he, of quirk that you have to have and I don't think he's got that. And then we move on to Roman Atkinson. And I definitely don't see him as a doctor. I don't know what, like his face is not like mm I'm sorry, you, he, played, he played Zazu. No. Um, just no. <laughs> I, I just, I don't see him as a doctor. And he played Mr. Bean. Like, 
how do you go from Mr. Bean to, to the, the doctor? doctor? <laughs> Although maybe that's not that far of a stretch, but I don't know. I like. Don't get me wrong. I maybe like the wrong Mr. Kind Bean. Of quirk. Right. I think it's two different kinds of quirk. Um, and then the closest one on this list to me, honestly, based physically on looks, is Alan Davies. Because he looks quirky enough to yeah, be the... he's got that. He's got that I could explore time and space for a while right. look on his face. Like, and it's also hair. like, okay, I've had a, a time. Like, things have happened in my life, but I'm still smiling, kind of doctor. Yeah. So I I could see him as a doctor. Do I think that he would be sexy? Probably not. <laughs> but I think it it would have been an interesting turn of events. And last but not least, we have Bill Nye. And the big scandal of the old doctor would never have happened if he was a doctor. No, it wouldn't have. I think it probably would have locked them into that, though. Right. Um, as far as the, his acting, I'm not sure. I don't recall seeing anything he's been in. But physically, I, I think he would have physically been an interesting choice. Oh, I have seen something he was in. He was in About Time. An ironic time movie. <laughs> but well, he played... Maybe he has the cred- the credentials then. He played the father. So. Oh, never mind. No, they could both travel. Anyway, we're not going down that path. It was really inter- It would have been a really interesting choice. What do you think about those options, Adelaide? Would you have wanted to see any of those as the doctor? Part of me really wants to see Rowan Atkinson just to see it, but also <laughs> not. That that wouldn't be a good choice, I think. But I really want to see it. <laughs> so this whole sto- this whole season. Um, was very somber and I remember making a note of that as I was watching this because the doctor seemed very he seemed like a soldier who had just come from battle and lost and in this season you really don't understand the extent of the battle but you know that he's been struggling did you pick up on that Adelaide oh absolutely it really becomes very prominent within a couple episodes I think Mm. Um, and it just he really seems he values life a lot and maybe it's hard in the first couple episodes where you've got a lot of I don't want to bash it too much but you've got a lot of really uh, very um, bluntly put bad cinematography and very Mm -hmm. bad cheesy music well it is 2004 yeah that too (laughs) and it um, it's kind of hard to see it through those layers but he really does he really values life because he's lost so much of it and he's caused so much loss. And it's a really good character point to have in him, especially for the doctor, especially for someone who travels through time and is essentially immortal. You would think that after a while they would lose that respect for life, but he seems to value it more than ever. Um, I agree. I was really like this, the whole tone of this season. I loved it. And I didn't really realize it until the rewatch. And I was like, wow, this is such a heavy season. Every episode, it got, like, heavier and heavier until you're, like, drowning in his loss and sadness. But you also get, like, he's like, I'm going to save as many people as I can from this point forward. Yeah, he has that line, for once everybody lives. Mm Mm-hmm. That was heartbreaking. (laughs) 
So it's just, I found the whole tone of this season amazing. Now let's talk about the actual man, the myth, the legend, the doctor. Do you think that Chris Eccleston was a good doctor? He was a sexy doctor. Does that count? Nah. Nah. (laughs) He's about average-ish. I probably wouldn't look twice if we're being honest unless I had a few drinks and he was like last call. I will say that at first I thought David Tennant was better uh, in appearance and then like I'm jumping way ahead and I apologize but and then he regenerates into David Tennant and boy does he look like a nerdy white boy in comparison. <laughs> um, But as this is a doctor like I said I, I feel like he was fresh off of the death so he felt it more. He wasn't as disconnected as the future doctors are. Barring one, which we will talk about when we get there. And also, I think it was interesting that he only had one season. And even you just mentioned that to me, Adelaide. Yeah, I felt like it was really... It was really almost shocking because it's not fair that we get so many seasons of 10 and 11 and 12. And 9 is just... He's only one season and it's not the greatest season either. It's a good season. It's very, very... It's very heavy. It's very, it's almost, it's not dark, but it's definitely heavy. And it's definitely intense in what his character goes through and how he gets through it all. But it really, it's not fair to give us um, the Ninth Doctor for only one season. And then everybody else has how many? Like four or five? Honestly, I was kind of happy to get rid of him if we're really, like, and I say that because it was, he was such a somber doctor. Like, as we watch the other Doctors, they get progressively lighter until we get to un- the the grumpy old man Doctor. Eleven but, is probably really, really light in comparison now. Right. Like, they get progressively... Like, and I appreciated it. Because this one, he had lost a lot in this season. Oh, yeah. So, I feel like they needed to get him out. But, that he did an interview, um, Atkinson in 2010 and revealed the actual reason that he left the show are you ready Adelaide? yes i'm so ready (laughs) because he said i didn't enjoy the environment the culture and the day the cast the crew and everyone they had working on it he didn't enjoy any of it but he was still proud to have played a role in relaunching doctor who wow yeah and that's kind of like a shot to the head on all of them there (laughs) Uh, nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't have to work with them again. Like that'd be really, yeah, really awkward. Be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hated you all. Oh, Hi. Bill. Hi. Um, I didn't know you were on this project. <laughs> I mean, I loved working with you. <clears throat> Fine. So let's talk about. Oh, is there anything else that you want to say about the Ninth Doctor? Nah, I just feel like if we'd had more time with him, he probably would have evolved into something more lovable than what he was hmm i feel like honestly he is the most forgettable doctor yeah that's the problem i know people that that is their favorite but Mm. i think it's a lot to do with the leather jacket Eh. um and let's move on to the companions so of course there is the main companion the female that he always carries around with him in life and everything and that this season was rose I okay. 
I have to be very specific. I liked Rose's story arc. I don't know if I liked Rose. I think that she was an interesting character in some aspects, but most of the time she was just a whiny brat who he took around the world. Like, she was basically a spoiled kid. What are your thoughts, Adelaide? I agree entirely. I remember, so the first time I watched it, I didn't care much for her, but I didn't dislike her. This time, I'm watching her run around, and she's, like, flirting with any male that is that comes across her path, including the doctor, while she's established early on to have a boyfriend, and that that relationship doesn't really end before she gets into the TARDIS. And she makes this statement of, um, he asks her to stay, and she says, this is, like, episode one, before she gets into it, or episode two or something, and um, she says, you realize this is more important than boyfriends. This is more important than anything. This is the doctor. And I'm like, wow. Dump her on the spot and walk out the door. <laughs> and I was actually going to ask you about that. Because as I was watching their relationship and their dynamic, as you, who have a serious, a semi-serious relationship, if I can mention. Yeah, go ahead. And <laughs> it, um, if your boyfriend came to you, just like her, like, just like she went to him, it was like, yeah, um, deuces. I can't imagine that relationship continuing. No, that relationship should not have continued. I felt bad for Mickey that entire time because she's off going around. She's um that one English guy that she runs into when they're in, um, oh, I don't remember, but they're in America and the dialect is first introduced again. Mm-hmm. Um, the English guy that she's introduced to, it hints at them being together for a moment, like that they have a small relationship. And one, she's been with the guy for what, 12 hours? And two, she has a boyfriend. I mean, technically, it's a different time and place. Like, what are the rules with time travel? (laughs) I would think that if you still are aware that you can go back to said time, you need to stop. And then, I, I, I didn't like the fact that they glossed over how Mickey was basically being accused of murdering her. Yeah, that's And true. he <laughs> And then he was like, still like after her the whole time. Right. He was still hurt and still wanted to be with her. And he was accused of murdering her. No one does anything about this. She's like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm back now though, so it's all fine. And then still runs off with the doctor. Again. <laughs> and then when she comes back, he's he has this moment of, hey, we should we should go get dinner and then a hotel. Would you be okay with that? And then in the middle of that, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm seeing another girl. <laughs> so just, this is just the poster child of bad relationship. So who do you blame the most for that relationship? Rose or Rose. Mickey? Rose, hands down Rose. Just because I feel like she strung him along and he I don't know. She literally was traveling through time. So can you really string someone along through time? She (laughs) has a moment where she says something like she'll come back. And oh, it's time travel. I could be back in 10 seconds. And it's just, he stops and sits and waits on that like a barrel or something in the alley. He just kind of stops and waits, grabs a newspaper and sits down where the TARDIS always lands. And it's just, that's a sign that, you know, he's on the hook and he's staying on the hook. He will wait for her. But at some point he also has to realize She's not who he he thought she was anymore, and he needs to let her go. Like, and as a person who has a love interest, I personally would feel bad if I did that to them. Like, yeah, me too. 
because you're literally in a machine that can bring you back a second after you leave. Yeah, you could literally never be gone. You could time travel, (laughs) come back to the moment you left, and then continue on. You could just do that every time. You'd be exhausted, but you could do it. Not really, because you're in a time machine. You'd be sleeping on the thing. You'd be well rested. I just came from a massage, whatever. (laughs) They do have a weird moment where they, um, where he's like the doctor offers to let him join and he says, no, I can't do that. But you can't tell her that. And I feel like that was a way for them to write off that the relationship ends. And I was okay if they just kind of let that go. But then they kind of continue with her, with him wanting to be with her and still wanting to be around. Which I I have to give you is very weird. Simply because if I can't have you, I wouldn't want you to be like just out gallivanting through the world, not thinking about me. Like, and it's pretty clear that she's never thinking about him. Oh, she's definitely not. You've got that moment <laughs> with um, the psychic paper that she hands back to Jack, and he says, um, "Oh, but it says you've got a you says you've got a boyfriend, but you're very available." <laughs> and I wanted to hit Rose. I'm sorry. Just I know she's one of the best and. Like the most loved companions out there, but no, no. And I, I, like I said, I liked Rose. I think I, I think most people get sucked in by her storyline because it's probably one of the best companion storylines. Yeah, I agree. It's super relatable. I think, and that's probably how it gets. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. And since you mentioned Captain Jack Harkness, let's talk about him as a companion from episode nine onward. I love him. End of story. I love him. (laughs) Like I said, I got into Doctor Who from Torchwood, and he is Torchwood. Oh, yeah. I I watched a little bit of Torchwood, but I don't remember it. (gasps) Oh, I love Torchwood. I've watched all of it. I got HBO specifically because they moved it to HBO. (laughs) I need to see if Amazon has it then. They should. (laughs) And they also do the audio podcast um, with it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I love Jack. Like, his ambiguous sexuality, his over-the-top personality, and the fact that he is basically a con man. <laughs> I love him. The moment he came in, my boyfriend wasn't really watching this, the shows with me, but I pulled him in for um, The Empty Child because I always quote, uh, are you my mommy at him? And it bugs him. Um, <laughs> so he, he sat down and watched it with me, which happens to be the episode Jack comes in, and I was, like, the entire time, like, tapping his shoulder, like... Jack's my favorite, and he was so annoyed with me for doing that the entire episode. But um, I I love Jack. I can't say enough good things about Jack. I don't think that this really, I don't think this story arc actually did him justice as much as Torchwood. But I understand that this is his building ground, so I can't really complain. What did you think, Adelaide? I agree. I mean, I haven't seen Torchwood, but I know that, that since that's his show and the few episodes I have seen, um, they do focus on him. And I just, I love Jack in Doctor Who. He's one of my absolute favorite characters. Um, I love that he's immediately willing to go flirt with anything and everybody. He does he does not discriminate. And we need more of that. For 2004, 2005, that was really good. And it was. I'm sure they didn't show it. They showed it a little bit, but they didn't show it enough but they still showed it, and they still had Oh, they had showed it, it on Torchwood. Pretty... On Torchwood, he was sleeping with everyone. Oh, good. And everything. I know that it's referenced a lot, that he's like, hey, you know, I woke up with 
both of them nice couple and it's like he just he doesn't care it's blatantly Ooh. referenced and that was really good for 2004 2005 ish um so let's talk about some specific episodes right now let's talk about father's day when rose creates a paradox by saving her father's life that was sad i appreciated this honestly because people are constantly talking about if I do this, then I can save someone I love. And I love that they got this out of the way pretty early into the series. I think it was like episode six. Yeah, I feel like it was something around there. They all blur uh, together after a while. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it was really interesting to me. Um, how did you feel about this episode, Ellie? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Were you sad about her not being able to save her father ultimately? I really appreciated that she couldn't save her father. That mm-hmm. was, I like that she tried and I like that she created that paradox. And I like that ultimately he still had to die to complete that proper timeline. Otherwise things were just going to be lost. Um, I thought the weird, I don't know what to call them. Reaper things that were flying around. They had the scythe symbolism. So I was thinking maybe they were like supposed to be reapers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, I thought they were a little excessive. Um, when you could have done a paradox in another way, but it was still it was within Doctor Who's sort of uh, taste and range for them to go that route anyway. I didn't mind that simply because that was the death of the world, basically. Like, and think about how much your father mattered in the scheme of things. If the whole world dies, if he lives, yeah, that's insane. And the <laughs> um. um slightly going back the car looping around that corner i really liked that how it just sort of kept looping and then disappearing and then coming back and disappearing just constantly stuck in that little time loop i loved that little aspect that tiny detail was awesome mm-hmm. back to who has a lot of small details that you don't realize until afterwards they mattered a lot yeah i like their i like it when they do stuff like that it just makes it I don't know. They they sometimes they go over the top with things and they say like they they don't have little details all the time, but when they do have those details, they're perfectly executed. And let's go on to the doctor dances and the empty child. Why did you like these two episodes specifically, Adelaide? I feel like at least for me, I th- that might be the nostalgia thing coming back. But I think for me, The Empty Child is really where the writing kind of kicked it up a notch. And it went from, it was still cheesy. And the cinematography was still cheesy. But it went from overly cheesy to really engaging. And it had, especially in the Doctor Dances, where it has the final line when he saves everybody, of everybody lives just this once. Everybody gets to live. And he's so happy that no one dies that it really it really brought his character to light like we'd hit we'd had segments of that but showing just how much he wanted that to happen really highlighted the ninth doctor i i agree and i think more than anything that showed you who he was i i didn't mind these two episodes in all honesty like i said it kind of blurs together but i appreciated the 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 whole aspect of it 
because this was the episode with the the technology. Am I right? The nano where they had the future machine? tech that tries the, with the masks. Yeah, the the masks that well, the, it was the the nano genes that had right the future technology that like was trying to fix the kid but didn't know how. Yeah, it didn't know how because it just saw this kid who had just died, and it was like well, that must be how humans look, and that was not it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and if also if you're listening to this, I would assume that you've at least watched Doctor Who or caught bite-sized bits of Doctor Who. And like it's, we're talking about season one, so you know, spoilers. <laughs> I, I think this would have a spoiler warning. On it. It's not too specific, but it's specific enough. <laughs> well, and it's season one. It's it's what thirteen years old now. True. Oh God, it's thirteen years old. It's an annoying teenager. <laughs> um, and let's talk about Boom City. Do you remember that episode? Um, run it by which one that is, because I know the title. That was the, was it the last two? Was that like 11 where she? Yeah, it was 11. Okay. Where everything is starting to happen, the nuclear power plant, the meltdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... They come back and the green alien thing is still wearing the human skin thing. Mm-hmm. That was their whole, we're taking her out and sentencing her to death thing. And I specifically wanted to talk about Boom City because this was the trigger for Bad Wolf. Yes, it is. I have never, I have never found another, let me say this, I haven't found another companion's arc that is a, a direct companion, like Rose and etc. that was as good as Bad Wolf. Not only did she save everyone, she gave Jack immortality, and then she sprinkled notes throughout the the series for herself. And as I was watching back, I was realizing how many th- times it actually said Bad Wolf throughout the whole thing. Did you take note of that, Adelaide? I did. From the moment they walked out of the TARDIS with the spray paint, I was like, oh, that's where Bad Wolf starts. And I started watching each little part where it came in, and I was just astounded how often it had come in and how frequently. And they pointed out, but they don't point it out until um, this episode, where they're like, huh, that means Bad Wolf in Welsh. That's surprising that it's been following us this whole time. And then they just immediately let it go. And that was that was one of the best things about... Like, that was one of the best things about this episode. Because if you hadn't caught that already, then it would have been... Oh, yeah, they do bring up Bad Wolf a lot. Mm-hmm. And I found that amazing. Like, she saved everyone. Even the doctor. Because there was no way... Like, this was going to be the end. Oh, it absolutely was. And I know that there have been other companions that saved the Doctor in another way, but I feel like this was done. This was the best This was when we lost our virginity to it. Like, <laughs> Yes. Like, and of course, you always remember your first. <laughs> so it's interesting that this was the, like, this was the starting point, And it set such a high bar that, as Adelaide said, Rose is some people's favorite companion still. Anyway, Adelaide. Uh, for me, I just, I just think it was so well executed. Like, I know they've saved them in the in future seasons. They have the they have other companions do very similar things, <laughs> Amy. But they um, they don't. 
it's not as well executed. This was so well done. And it even it even brings about the regeneration and everything. It was just everything hinged on that little point and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about Rose, I got one more thing about Rose and then we can move on. So apparently that was not the original concept of Rose. Okay. Do you want to hear the original concept, L.A.? Yes. I like meta stuff, yes. (laughs) The original concept was supposed to be an episode where Rose's entire life was manipulated by the doctor in order to mold her into an ideal companion. However, Paul Abbott wasn't able to write the episode, so Davies eventually wrote Boontown to replace it. And that's how we got our Rose. That is much better. <laughs> way, this is way, what we got is significantly better. Because had they done, the doctor manipulated her entire life to make her the perfect ideal companion, everybody would have hated the doctor. And he probably would not have been the lovable character that he turns into. Uh, I don't know. I, I, mm, I mean, you're probably right. And I will give you that. But it's interesting that that could have been what we had. Just like the potential doctors that we could have had. <laughs> and I would like to see how it turned out in a parallel world. Yeah, that actually, it sounds cool. And I kind of would have wanted to watch that to have him be kind of like an anti-hero character. Because uh, right now he's just like a very, very burdened hero. I would not call him an anti-hero at all. And having him in that scenario where he's so lonely that he molds this companion to what he wants by manipulating little points in time in her life. That would have been really cool to see. But also, I cannot imagine anybody liking David Tennant and Matt Smith nearly as much as they did after that. I don't know, because people have a way to disjoint their doctor from the previous doctor. So it's possible. And let's move on to the doctor and Rose kiss. Now, I understand this kiss was out of necessity, but I I think the thing that bothered me about this whole kiss situation, even though it was to save her life, was that she had a boyfriend and she was like, cool, whatever. Yep, that's, I feel like I'm reducing it down to that because it's a big monumental scene in the whole first season. But yeah, that's kind of how I felt too the entire <laughs> time. I'm like... You've got a boyfriend. What, what? Why are you dancing with this guy? Why? Why are you acting like this? No, you don't have to. Stop it. There's age difference, and then there's like century planetary difference. <laughs> and I always feel like immortals with mortals is kind of bordering on weird age difference anyway. So that's just a little. Oh, definitely. If I was not even a thought in my in my great grandparents when you became this immortal being, then yeah, I think you should probably keep your hands off me. Yeah, especially at like 19. She was 19. Like, <sighs> or she was supposed to be 19. I don't know. They... And I, I understand that this was this big life-saving moment, so it had to be done. But I feel like they made it way more romantic than it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. That was very <laughs> intentionally romantic. And when they have mickey waiting in the shadows like he always is he's just waiting on the ground for her to return to him constantly even after saying he's seeing somebody else whom he really doesn't care and doesn't want to see anyway um 
having that kiss scene it, and making it as romantic as it was was way too much. You could have done CPR, and that still would have had the same effect. <laughs> I I don't know, honestly. I don't know if it would have had the same effect. But, yeah. It was interesting. Not that so let's move on to... You can still transfer the... Yes, it, it would have still transferred the power. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about the time war. Because that was a heavy thing that hung over this season and was subtly mentioned quite a few times. And I think even the doctor mentions the time war a few times. Yeah, but we don't learn specific. Hmm? I think he actually mentions it a lot. <laughs> well, I know it was mentioned several times, but I don't know if he specifically like mentions the time war itself. Because everybody's talking about, like, I know who you are. You're the doctor. I know what happened. Like, this, everybody was affected by the time war. Except us small earthlings who have no idea. Right. Like, and I think some person even said only the small. Oh, yeah. In the episode with the ghost figure angel things. Oh, yeah. It? Those things. Yeah. They even said, like, higher beings were affected, but the lower ones never felt it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I enjoyed those type of things. Because basically it was like, we are way superior to you. That's why we can feed on your stupid little planet. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, they're aliens and they're saying this about humans, but that's a very human attitude to have. So, are we really that different? I don't know if it's a human attitude. I think it's a conqueror's attitude. Like, at the end of the day, I'm better than you in every single way. How dare you survive? How dare you have this thing that I want and then try to keep it from me? <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's, that's, that's basically the equivalent of what happened with many other cultures throughout history. Yeah, and even in, um, I mean, even in the cultures in Doctor Who, that's what continues to happen. Mm-hmm. I think there was even an episode where people were just eliminating and, like, a culture. I don't think it was this season. Yeah, I think I, it was. I think it was further. Yeah, I think it was further down the line. But I'm pretty sure, like that's a common theme. It really is. But um, the time. How did you feel about the time war and the way it kind of hung over everything? Oh, would you mind repeating that? You got cut out a little bit. How did you um feel about the time war and how it hung over everything? Oh, I actually, so normally I don't like that kind of thing when it's written in and kind of hammered into place, but this is one of the few times where Doctor Who executed that very well, and it sort of continued, it started small where it was like, oh yeah, there was this time war, and then it was there was a time war that you were part of, and then it was, there was a time war you were directly involved in, and had a direct cause, had a direct effect on the result, and it just kind of kept progressing from the small seed of, that was just mentioned of a time war too. This is a huge direct impact on this character and everything else involved in this series. And I think it went really, really, really well for them to just slowly bring it in that way. And I almost think that later seasons don't have that sort of smooth foreshadowing execution as well as this one did. And it's almost mm. a pity because the later seasons have better cinematography and better music and, almost better directing, but they don't have as good of writing. 
See, I I think there is one season that does do it very well, and the, it's, I think it's the season with Win. Was that her name? The Impossible Girl. Oh, um, Clara. Yes, Clara. I don't know. I'm thinking of Gwen Stacy for some reason. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that season does it pretty well. I agree, but I also don't like Moffat that much, so I, I hate to compliment him. But I agree <laughs> that he writes very, very well. So I will, I will, fine. I'll admit that. <laughs> um, and then is there anything that you want to talk about before we move on to the next Doctor? No, go ahead. So after that, we see the whole regeneration, and of course, the regeneration starts with him like trying to survive. <laughs> and figure out what's happening and what he needs to do to make sure he doesn't die after he's just basically born. And am I I misremembering? No, I don't think so. I mean, he starts immediately telling Rose that, hey, he was like planning ahead, even though he was basically dying, which was Mm -hmm. really, it was a really sweet, but really kind of morbid scene almost. I mean, it's basically like when your grandparents tell you what they want you to do for their funeral. Yeah, but still, that's a little dark. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, it was there. I feel like it was necessary because, like he said, he's not going to be the same person. Yeah, and he was sort of preparing Rose for what was about to happen without actually saying what was about to happen. So I, I think it was needed mostly for Rose's character to see what mm-hmm. was going on. And sort of understand that something was about to happen. And he may not be the same person, but he's still the doctor. And he does still remember her. But it's a different personality. Well, he really didn't still remember her. Not not really. I felt like it was events, more... But hmm? He remembers events, but he doesn't like remember everything about it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she got a hotter doctor. So at least that was a plus. I... <laughs> Okay, I I really feel like David Tennant is one of the better looking doctors, and like, for some reason, immediately after that transformation where we were staring at uh, Chris Eccleston the entire time, and it swaps over to David Tennant, I was like, why does he look like a little nerdy white boy with a mullet right now? What's going on in my head? What is wrong with this picture? <laughs> Maybe he just needs the classic Doctor Who get up change first, and then... Then it'll mm-hmm. be okay, but right now I'm just like he's a little nerdy boy, which is cute in a different way, but still cute. Yeah, I, of course I have to go with the eleventh Doctor as my favorite. Oh yeah, I agree with that one mostly because <laughs> he's a lot taller. But yeah, but um, Doctor Tenth Generation. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about this whole first season of Doctor Who? I think I'm good. Cool. Um, thank you guys for listening to the first season review of Doctor Who. Um, I've been your host, Jasmine, and we had Adelaide. Hi. Um, is there anything that you want to plug, Adelaide? Uh, nah, I'm good. Twitter. You don't want to plug your Twitter? Oh, fine. OP Addy. There you go. <laughs> Talk I, to me. I am at OP Jasmine, and you can tweet the podcast at the real OP Tweets. Um, also check out the website we are on Stitcher iCloud basically anything but tweet us and we will tweet back bye